Welcome back, fellow football fanatics. It's your host, College Football with Sam, and we're welcoming Florida State expert Marcus Maselli back on the channel to talk about Florida State and Miami. Florida State's a team that, in my opinion, looks to be going 13-0. They've already locked up a spot in the ACC championship game, and the Miami Hurricanes have had some puzzling losses this year, which is why I've covered them for at least a tad bit more than I typically do non-Big Ten or non-Pac-12 or non-Top Ten teams. Their losses to Georgia Tech have been atrocious. They've played it close with Virginia and with Clemson. They also lost to NC State and to North Carolina, who... The ACC is just a mess, and Florida State, I think, is the only consistent team within the Atlantic Coast Conference that has a shot of doing anything significant outside of maybe, maybe Louisville. But I think Florida State has so much more talent, depth, and they're a, they're a legitimate top 10 team right now. So how are you doing, Marcus? And what's what's going on with this game and, and Florida State season and also with Miami season? They have three close losses, but we've talked off air about how can how they can run the football and how they can match up well here in Dope yeah. Campbell. All right. Well, I'm doing great. It's good to be back here and uh, take a quick look at the Miami-Florida State rivalry. Um, should be a lot of fun. So with Miami, they got Cristobal. Um, he's a great recruiter. They're doing great in recruiting for how compared to how good their team is. Um, but we've always known Cristobal isn't the best in-game coach. We knew that at Oregon, and we've seen that at Miami now. Um, but he knows how to get talent on the field. And so, you know, doesn't mean he costs Miami the game every time. So they, they hung with North Carolina a while. They put up 48 on Texas A&M. Um, like, they, they have the ability to do that, but they also put up six points on NC State. So – for Miami, they've had a tough time getting consistency out of the quarterback position. Uh, they legitimately have three guys who could play in this game. Um, with Van Dyke, he's injured in some fashion. Um, he has by far the best arm of, of the three quarterbacks. And if he sees man coverage and he can actually, if he knows where he's going, he will get the ball there accurately most of the time. Yeah. Um, but like NC State is a drop eight team. They they run that three man front and they'll drop seven or eight a lot of the time and he had a lot of trouble with that. He got picked off by UNC when he when they would go in zone. But Texas AM played a lot of man on him and they Miami carved carved that up for the most part. When UNC went man, that's when Miami scored their points. And so Florida State actually plays a lot of man coverage. And so if Van Dyke is healthy, that's that's a possible way if Van Dyke figures it out and is healthy. There's a there's a world where he gets it up to Colby Young, gets it up to Restrepo. They can make plays against man coverage. But the true freshman Williams, if they play him, he doesn't really throw it downfield much. They were able to beat Clemson that way, so there's something there. And then uh, their other quarterback, uh, Brown, is mostly a runner. But again, Miami can run the football. Florida State's not the best team ever at 
stopping the run. If Cristobal wants to go, just smash mouth, shorten the game like Boston College did, where you just you play a short game, you run the ball the whole time, you don't turn it over because you're just running it. If you want to punt, punt, and uh, you know maybe they make a play on defense, keep it close. So uh, that's how I'm feeling with Miami. They have athletes. They're both D-line and offensive line have some talent. One, so that's that's how Chris Wall likes to shape his team. For Florida State, they have not played a healthy starting quarterback since the Clemson game. They've played a lot of injured guys, a lot of backup guys, sometimes backups that are also injured. So they've allowed four passing touchdowns all year. One of those was garbage time. One of those was uh, – to a running back. So they've re- allowed two receivers to catch touchdowns on them all season. That kind of shows that's not really the way to beat Florida State. You have to be able to run it, shorten the game. And um, for Florida State's offense, they've gotten away from running the ball. I know you've talked about this whenever you do your top tens. They really struggle to run the ball this season. That's not typically how Norvell wants to run his team, but that's how it is this season. Their offensive line has not been as advertised. They've regressed probably if anything they've rotated a lot of guys so um but they they find a way to win they make second half adjustments um they find a way to pull away from teams so another thing for this game to watch is the injuries uh as you talked about coleman and wilson for florida state both didn't play against pittsburgh actually their two receivers behind them were also not 100 percent for that game oh that's not good and they've had another receiver transfer out. So for the Pittsburgh game, they had their like fifth or sixth top receiver was their main guy. And so also Miami has possibly both starting corner corners out for this game or injured. So there's a world where you have Wilson and Coleman playing and Miami starting corners playing, or you have none of them. So there's a there's a pretty large variance that could happen. Um, but the rumblings I've gotten from both sides is it's going to be all hands on deck. All the top players are playing for both teams, so it should be fun. Yeah, that adds that adds a lot of mystery to the the matchup, especially given that both of these teams can they're not they have their own inconsistencies that make up their consistency. I mean, Florida State is this team that pulls away in the second half, sometimes can look completely lethargic and out of sorts in the first half. Michigan did that a lot last year. Um, you know, tied Indiana 10-10 at the half, only up on Michigan State 13-7. to And they were a college football playoff caliber team, yeah. I think similar to Florida State. And the Seminoles are similar, and they pull away really using their receivers, but also from what I can tell, these big runs when when they're yep. successful running they're explosive but they can't find that consistent rhythm there exactly and i think that's concerning for the future playoff games but for the rest of their schedule i mean florida's not a good team they're facing an i think an fcs opponent after this matchup i mean this mm-hmm. is probably even in the acc championship game including that this is probably going to be the toughest matchup when it comes to physicality and it's at home in Dope Campbell Stadium. By the way, for those watching, I apologize for my dog in the background. He's probably barking and being angry, much like 
I'd say Miami fans are after not t- not taking a knee against Georgia Tech. Yeah. Though, who knows if that actually mattered? Because I watched Miami this season a decent amount. You're more aware of their weaknesses and their strengths than I am. My brief takeaway that I can gather from Miami is they have a lot of talent. They haven't necessarily been able to coach up that talent, and they're still they're still weeding through on the depth chart who they want to be there and who they don't want to be there. I don't know what's happened with Tyler Van Dyke. He started off the season awesome, and he's just collapsed in these previous few games. But I think it's what you mentioned about the difference between man and zone coverage. I think maybe he struggles against complex defenses. That might be what I'm gathering. Um, it's going to be tough for him against Florida State's defense. It's it's a defense that is not world-class NFL level, but yeah. it's one of the better defenses in the country, especially in terms of finding ways to win, finding ways to get turnovers. And I'd say in terms of, you know, points per play efficiency, I mean, Florida State's defense allows gobs of yards, but they don't allow you to get many points off of them. And with this game being in Dope Campbell Stadium, Florida State's favored by, they're favored by 14 points, according to Vegas. If you look at ESPN's football power index, which I'm using in place of my own power rankings for a week or two until I can get my own power rankings back up and running, um, Florida State would be approximately favored by 15 and a half, according to football power, factoring in home field advantage. By the way, before we get any further, make sure to subscribe to the channel, click the notification bell, comment your thoughts on this game down below, and make sure to subscribe to Marcus Maselli's channel, I'm titled Marquishimo, and you can find that in the title of this video, I'll also pin it in the comment, in the comment section, like I do every video I have a pinned comment, and also in the description, he's a Florida State highlight channel, and he knows his stuff about Florida State the ACC, um, all that jazz. So Florida State's a heavy favorite here. Um, what do you think in particular about Miami's rushing attack and their offensive line versus a Florida State defense that has been very inconsistent in stopping the run? That's, to me, that's the main, the main matchup here. Exactly. That's that's the main key here. If you watch Miami, they will um, whenever they get a light box. A lot of times they're content to run it and they'll pick up yards with it. Um, their their line's pretty good, and so in their backs they have a, a decent number of backs who are all all pretty decent. They can rotate them, keep them keep them fresh in there. And uh, Florida State likes to, like you said, they will give you yards. They really don't want to give up the big play. So they're content to sit in too deep. Recently, last few games, they've, they've more come out of that and rolled, rolled safeties down a little bit and been a little bit more aggressive, but it's still mostly we'll let you run it between the 20s and bet that you can't finish drives, bet that you can't get six in the red zone every time. And that works because they've played a lot of horrible offenses so if you run it on six yards on first down, Florida State will give you that because they don't think you can finish the drive. 
or you might turn it over a well-timed blitz. Maybe they get a sack fumble. So with Miami, they should be content to take that because I'm not sure Miami, Miami does not want to get into a shootout anyway. Yeah. They're not built to do that. So if Miami, if they can pound the rock, hold the ball, shorten the game, don't turn it over, find a way to get six in the red zone instead of three. That's, that's the key there. If you need to put in Brown, the, the other quarterback, that's what I would do. If I was Miami, I'd probably start Van Dyke. And then once I get to the red zone, I take him out and say, we're not turning it over in the red zone. It's too important. Even if we kick three, we're not getting zero here uh, because Florida state's a good red zone defense. And so you just, you have to capitalize on the few possessions you get. So, yeah, I, I, I think that's, I think that's wise of Miami to do. They're running for 5.2 yards per carry. They have four running backs with over 50 rushing yards, 15 rushing touchdowns. Um, I mean, Henry Parrish Jr., Donald Cheney Jr., Mark Fletcher Jr., A.J. Allen. This is a Mario Cristobal team. When they had, you know, C.J. Verdell, Travis Dye, for Oregon and in 2021 they had he's the Akron head coach right now Joe Moorhead I nearly forgot his name they had him as offensive coordinator they have Shannon Dawson right now so they have a good offensive mind a creative offense and a, a stout defense but they're not they're not anything special and they're gonna have to play a special game and they're gonna have to play I think a a near-perfect game to come into Dope Campbell Stadium and win. That's just my opinion. I don't know if that's exactly true or not. Florida State, I'd say, has the better quarterback. I think Florida State has the much better wide receiver core and tight end room. Um, defensively, I think that Miami, it's so tough with you know Cameron Kitchens and that defensive back room against Florida State's with Central Cypress and other players, I'd say Florida State has the edge in terms of talent, especially developed. They have the deeper team. They have the home field advantage. Yeah. Um, I look at this, and personally, my prediction is 34-17 to 17, Florida State, probably a close game in the first half for three quarters, and then like the Duke game, Florida State eventually finds consistency in offense and... Miami will become uncomfortable. They'll have turnovers. And I think Florida State goes 8-0 in ACC play after Saturday. What's your prediction? And what do you think are some takeaways for Florida State after this game? Yeah, I would, I would, I would agree with, with the way you see the game playing out. Um, that's how Florida State plays their games. And that's how Miami plays their games. They, they hang in there. They don't just get beaten into submission and taken out in the first half. That's like you said, losses they have have been close games. Um, so yeah, I would, I would go more 28 to 17, a little bit more uncomfortable for Florida state. Um, but this, this could go either way, but yeah, I'm going 28, 17 Florida state. And then for Florida state after this game, eight, no conference play. You got to feel good. 
They've been able to rest guys. If anyone has gotten hurt, they rest them for a couple of games. And so they've saved up to have guys for this game. They should be pretty healthy going into the Florida game and then the ACC championship. They have a real chance to make the playoff here. I like their la- their matchup against Louisville. So, you know, and it's, it's nice for them. They got to this point undefeated and their only games left are their two rivalry games. Like they're not going to, sleepwalk a rivalry game no so it's it's not like they beat miami you know week three and then they're going to sleepwalk and lose to another acc team every game from now on is big for them so i would expect them to keep their focus they can see the finish line is almost there they i think they'll they'll be ready to finish the season yeah i remember saying after the clemson game or at least in the preview there that i thought i thought that florida state was they're gonna lose. They're gonna lose another game. They were just destined to slip up with the talent that they had. Not not having fifty percent of their roster being blue chip players, having some injuries and inconsistencies. I had that prediction, and I think I'm gonna be wrong. I think they're going to go thirteen and zero. I think the only team that could that could beat them. I mean, maybe Miami can, maybe Florida can. For me, I look at Louisville, and perhaps I'm wrong, but I think Louisville is this. They're a team that's more physical than people think from a Jeff Brom team. And if Louisville can find their run game and use Garendo and Jawar Jordan, that that could be a game that makes Florida State uncomfortable. Why do you think they're going to be uncomfortable in this game? I know for me, I think Miami's going to run the ball a, a fair often amount. They're going to chew clock. Their defense will be able to, I think, defend Florida State's rushing attack because it's been inconsistent, but also a good passing attack just because, again, Cameron Kitchens and Miami does have, they do have a solid defense that I think can hold up. But why do you think it's a spot for discomfort for Mike Norvell in the Seminoles? I'm going to start defensive line for Miami. Ruben Bain, that freshman, looks like an NFL player, and he's, what, 18 years old. So he's going to be a problem. Um the Florida State O line just it's it doesn't dominate anybody. And Miami is one of the better D lines. They're, they're going to play all season. And so, if they're struggling against you know Pittsburgh, if they're struggling to move them off the ball, it's going to be a real struggle against a fired up Miami team. And yeah, the lack of run game certainly is a problem. And uh, these defensive backs, they're. They're pretty good, too. So, you know, maybe you throw it up to Keon all the times that they do. He doesn't come down with it every time because these Miami players are pretty good. And also Miami has the ability to draw up a well-timed blitz. I mean, they, they've gotten home on a couple. They get they know how to get free runners. So if Florida State misses a block and Travis gets lit up, you know, there's, there's a case Miami, you know, makes a splash play off that. And then also on offense, again, if it's Van Dyke, he really cannot throw against zone coverage. But Florida State doesn't run zone coverage. So there's there's that possibility that, that the strength Van Dyke does have, maybe it's there. Yeah. Miami has – they have 29 sacks on the season, nine interceptions, ten forced fumbles. So they will make you – they'll make you pay on defense. Yeah. They, they will. I mean, those are some impressive statistics – facing Texas A&M, 
in the non-conference. Florida State playing LSU, and at the time we were very impressed because LSU, we thought they were going to have a top 10 defense, potentially top 10 offense as well, or at least top 15. Their offense is one of the best in the country, which proves that, yeah, which proves that Florida State can put up a great defensive effort, but their defense is just, USC's, I think, is the only defense that is more inefficient than LSU's given the talent that they have on that roster. Um, by the way, shout out to Alex Grinch for being fired. And I think that Oregon is going to put a 60 burger on them this weekend, but yeah, I think those are great points. Travis too is a great quarterback, maybe a near elite quarterback. However, he does have his own inconsistencies and against this type of defense that could be costly. However, I do think that Florida State will pull away and cover. I think they've been playing bored. I think, like what you said, that makes more sense when you consider the fact that they are resting players for these bigger games. Yeah. And I think that they're they're a great football team. They're a team that if they can, you know, pull off some impressive performances against Miami, Florida, Louisville. I personally don't have them inside of my top four right now, even though I think they're reaching the playoff, but I think they have the potential to be a top four team that can do more than just what the 2014 Florida State team did, where they just reached the playoff and then got destroyed. I think that there are pieces on this team that can have a a high impact against fellow top 10, top six, top four playoff caliber teams. Yeah, yeah, you have Florida State at seven, right? Six. No, yeah, you're right. I almost said yeah. six, but I I do have them at seven. I did have them at six a week ago, but then I've just been more impressed with Alabama so far. Yeah. They've they've bounced back rather nicely. I think if they rematched with Texas right now, they I think they'd beat Texas, even with a healthy Quinn Ewers. I think that Alabama, I wouldn't be shocked if they went out and reach the college football playoff. I think, luckily, even if that means there's a 12-1 Georgia and Alabama, I think there are so many one-loss or undefeated conference champions that Georgia will have to, they'll have to go 13-0 to get in without chaos. At least if they lose in the SEC championship game. If they lose to Ole Miss and then went out with a 12-1 record, they're probably in just by virtue of winning their conference. But Florida State, I don't think they can afford a loss. I think if they lose, even if they win in the ACC championship game, they're likely out. If they want to control their own destiny, you have to keep winning every game. And I think Mike Norvell and Alex Atkins and Adam Fuller, the coordinators and the staff, I think they know that as well. And... And, like, that's not an unreasonable ask. They haven't – looking at their schedule, who have they played? Like, if Florida State says they're a playoff team, they're not playing any probably end-of-season, what, top 15 teams, right? So if you think you're a playoff team, you have to go undefeated with this schedule. Yeah. And Clemson, 5-4. and four. This is the worst Clemson team in over 10 years. Yeah. Miami, assuming they lose here, that's a four-loss team. Pittsburgh – sucks like they they actually suck florida state hasn't played notre dame 
Boston College is a team that finds ways to win, but they have close losses and close wins. They're not good. They're average, I'd say, at best. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, Louisville, Louisville, if they went out, I mean, Kentucky will be a challenge. Same with Miami on the road. If they went out and they get 11 wins, that could be a signature win. But, again, at that point, you're assuming Florida State's undefeated and they have to win to get in. I think LSU's top 15, but they're not top 10. And just having one top 15 win is not, it's not good enough if you're, if you have one loss to Miami or Florida or some team that obviously isn't even top 25 caliber. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and delivering your thoughts. I think it's valuable insight. I think that we're in agreement that Florida State at this point is going to win out. They're going to reach the ACC championship game because they're locked in. I think they're going to win that. So they'll likely be in the playoff. Um, We can, if if they do reach the playoff, I'll probably have you back on to talk about that and their matchup because I'd be making several videos for each playoff game because I'll have a whole month to look at those and preview them. It'll be really really awesome but it's been a great season if you're a Florida State fan it's been a long time coming for this team to climb back up the mountaintop and it's awesome so thank you for coming on the show and giving your insight and your thoughts and have a great day everyone thank you for tuning in and watching this Miami versus Florida State preview and prediction segment awesome all right have a great day guys And we'll see you around later on College Football with Sam. Before we end this video, I do want to give special thanks to my Patreon members for sponsoring this channel. You can check out my Patreon page down in the link in the description and also via the link in my pinned comment. Thanks to Crash2488, Anthony McDowell, and Justin Rogg for being Heisman Patreon members. Thanks to Spencer Bringer, Snowwood EDLC, and SFS Inverted for being All-American Patreon members. And thanks to Will Loftus, Gabriel Callender, Roaming Gnome, Matthew Sale, Chris Lane, Austin Christmas, and Zubin Zah for being All-Conference patrons. Have a phenomenal day, guys, and let's have a phenomenal Week 11. If you're on Spotify, please make sure to follow the channel, and if you're listening on YouTube, please subscribe. Have a blessed day.